What's up, everyone? Welcome to Carry the Way, the weekly podcast where we nerd out about all things EDC gear and try to teach you a thing or two while we're at it. I'm Bernard, the founder of EverydayCarry.com, and I'm joined by our editor, Mikey. What is up? All right, so this is kind of a bonus episode. It's Saturday morning, and I just got back from SHOT Show. Dang, that must have yeah. been something. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys are tuning in and you've never heard of shot show i don't blame you it's like a more of an industry thing but shot show is this giant trade show that happens every year um, around this time in las vegas and it's for the shooting hunting outdoor and tactical field so shot shot and that's where a bunch of edc brands and like tactical brands and whatever they unveil all their new gear for the year all the novelties um and you know bring in some of last year's releases too so it's like that's where i try to go every year to get first look hands-on experience with a bunch of these new and upcoming products and then uh this year i did all that and then started making tiktoks about it so yeah it's a it's kind of a long event um i was there from monday till friday or not monday tuesday till friday uh, but it does start monday i think for like people who are exhibiting and stuff, I was just walking the show. It's it's also kind of crazy that um, it was kind of good timing for you this year because a lot of at least the knife brands they started announcing stuff like the day of Monday, and everybody just like yeah. started releasing new stuff during the week. So you kind of I was sure you had your like work cut out for you walking the floors. <laughs> Dude, I like I was there all that time, and uh, I there there's just so much stuff. Okay. I honestly could only look at knives mainly and mm. I didn't even get to hit all the knife brands just because, you know, it's basically just me walking the show. Mm. And for context, this is at like the the Venetian Palazzo um, convention center thing. So it's like in this like big hotel, there's like a casino and everything. How many and, floors were there? There were two uh, floors that so, you were scoping out, but how many floors are yeah, there actually yeah, yeah. for the show? Well, so there's two floors and then of those two floors, so like floor one is where um, the newer brands, the smaller brands, they don't have as big a budget to be in like the, the main stage. Mm-hmm. And that's in the second floor. But then in the second floor, there's this giant thing. You'll probably see footage of that um, if you check out our YouTube shorts and like TikTok and stuff. Um, but then flanking it on both sides are like these convention hall rooms, like little you know auxiliary wings. And then... This is new because I've been going to SHOT Show for several years um, since, I don't know, mid 2010s. Mm-hmm. But now, like after COVID and everything, like they reopened and they have this whole forum on the other side by like Caesars. And th- there's just even more stuff, but not all of it is relevant um, there. To give you a sense of scope, it's like Im- imagine just like a bunch of gun stuff gun accessories like anything related to shooting hunting tactical outdoor it's like all out there so you'll have like textile manufacturers and stuff like that for like tactical (laughs) vests or something you know just like every random thing like there's like a supplier or an exhibitor for it sure so it is a lot to get through just to get to the gear but yeah enough yapping about how big that thing is i think you guys kind of get the idea um so, but yeah, I, I mainly went just to see the EDC gear stuff. Like, th- there's no way I could cover everything, like bags and yeah, for sure, survival for sure. stuff. You know, like well, we'll we'll tag team tag team it next year. 
<laughs> yeah, next year you you gotta come uh, yeah. help me out. So yeah, why don't we just jump into the actual gear that I saw? I talked about mainly knives. Sure. Um, there were a bunch of brands there. What would you say, just to start things off strong? What was what would you say was the one thing that really caught your eye, like gut reaction, without thinking too hard? Like, what was the big thing that's still stuck in your mind when you came back? Okay, so, like, day one, I went to Wee Knife. It's mm. like Wee Knife, Civivi, Senkut. Senkut, yeah. And, yeah, th- I looked at Wee Knives, like, upcoming knives. And then there's this one called the OAO, the mm. one and only. Um, show you guys what that looks like. But I've, I've already made, like, a little TikTok about it because I was, like, so hype on it. Right. And uh, the, the simplest way I can describe it is, like, it looks like a skin in Valorant. It's just, like, this yeah, yeah. futuristic-looking... Grade 5 titanium integral frame lock with a 20 CB rear flipper blade and jungle wear fat carbon in green and black. I, I think the videos and the photos on their site don't do it justice because I imagine that the, the green patterning of the fat carbon looks much better in person. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you guys haven't seen fat carbon in person, like, why am I fat shaving this carbon right no it's um <laughs> it's like carbon fiber but instead of the usual the grid um, pattern like 3k weave yeah mm. like that weave pattern that people are used to fat carbon kind of looks like damascus right it? i get kind of yeah, like, like damascus yeah so like ripples waves that kind of texture and, and and this one jungle wear is like this green um i guess pattern uh it's like green and black together but when you look at fat carbon in real life it has so much uh like depth dynamic depth yes exactly so similar to how like watch nerds use this meme a lot where it's like oh the it catches the light or it plays with the light same thing with this kind of stuff yeah um so you see like the the depth and just the dynamic change of light as you handle this knife yeah and, it, and it's uh it, it complemented look- by the 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 finishing of the knife overall yeah i was gonna say that the from the video you, you took it looked like it had like a layer of sheen on top of it on top yes. of like the depth of the pattern itself so i guess it doesn't really lend itself to video and photos but if you see it in person i guess it's would be much more impressive yeah and you know i only have like what 90 seconds to nerd out about that knife and i i couldn't do it fully um in those videos but like i didn't even get to fit into the script or like show in the, the footage i kind of did but like there's no pivot it's a it's like a hidden pivot so it makes Whoa. it even cleaner and more sick yeah there, there's nothing there like the back integral part mm. it's like you know that like where a backspacer would be that is just like kind of triangular it comes to a point and then there's the wee branding and that's like anodized within it but then the rest of it is like the bare grade five titanium so yeah. it just has like that textural difference and the color difference that contrast there the blade has like different direction finishing on it, I believe. I don't know. It's just really cool to look at, right? Yeah. I know all of this stuff I'm describing like doesn't actually matter when it's in your hand. Your hand is like a, your hand is obscuring all of those details, but you know it's there. Yeah. And you paid five hundred seventy-five dollars for it, so like <laughs> it better be there, right? Um, and so let's not I gloss. Just thought that was a really cool looking knife. Yeah. yeah. Let's not gloss over the fact that it's also an integral. I was I was waxing poetic about. Like my Grail yeah. Wii knife was also another integral, and not many people are making them these days because it's they're so, so much harder to make. And we're talking titanium handles also, which is a machining difficulty. My understanding is it's harder to like mill than like obviously than like G10 or 
other softer materials and other softer metals like aluminum. So that's an achievement in itself. I think that's 575 isn't that too much of a desk considering all of the other aspects of it and top tier steel and everything. And, you know, we knife, they already have the reputation of being a little bit higher end. Um, yeah. So you kind of, kind of know what you're getting into, I think. Um, true, also true. at that booth, uh, there were two other knives that um, I wanted to talk about. Uh, one is, First, I need to talk about this because I pronounced it wrong in my video. I called it the Kwai Q, which is just like not how it's pronounced. It's Quake. Um, so it's because it's spelled K-W-A-I, capital Q. So it's stylized as if the Q is pronounced as its own letter, as its own Damn. syllable. That's not true. And then apparently in American pronunciation, um, like it's Quaken, which is weird because in Japanese, dagger is Kaiken, right? Okay. Like they, I don't think it would be Keiken in Japanese, mm. uh, but I don't speak Japanese. I can't read it. Uh, so <laughs> I too am just like a clueless American trying to pronounce this thing. So sorry, Savivi. Uh, yeah, it's Quake. And this one is kind of like a slim, you know, Japanese dagger kind of. Uh, yeah, the the the, bo the Boker Quaken, which is kind of like one of the most popular knives from back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks a lot like that style, yeah. Um, the cool thing is, is it has a, I, I'm seeing more of this now. It's like a rear flipper tab, right? But I think it's called an inline flipper where it's just kind of like vertically pointed up. Mm, and yeah, I've seen a few of those. I think yeah. if you if you first see if you first see that, you might not know what that is for compared to say a traditional rear flipper tab, which is like a triangle that sticks out the back. These are pointed upward and they're flush to the spine of the knife so that it's like low profile and there's like nothing to snag yeah. in your pocket. Um, I also did a video on the recent Vosti Raccoon. The Raccoon has that uh, flipper tab as well. Yeah, like uh, it's the flipper tab is like kind of contentious. A lot of people like to do flipper deletes where they kind of cut off or shave off the mm -hmm. flipper t flipper tab just so it's like a cleaner profile and like you said, doesn't snag in your pocket. And yeah, it's nice to see that people are kind of finding ways around it, like adding, a f like adding jumping to the spine just so that you can do front roll. Also, and adding mm -hmm. the rear flip of the vertical flipper, like you said, like you said, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Nice adaptation of the idea of flippers while still keeping it like yeah. a clean design. Yeah. I kind of don't like the way the inline flipper tab looks, though. It kind of looks just like this vestigial appendage, <laughs> yeah. just like a phalange sticking out of the blade. Like a um, like a one pronged fork. <laughs> sticking yeah, out. it's it's a little awkward, but yeah. when you use it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so the first time you see it, it might not make sense. Out of curiosity, Mikey, what is your favorite deployment method? Oh, I used to be on the flipper um, flipper camp until I figured out how to spidey flick eventually. <laughs> and now I'm more... Spidey of, flick, like reverse flick with your middle finger? Yeah. With middle finger flick. And once I figured out how to do that, everything just kind of like made sense to me. I, I, I started appreciating thumb studs more. I started appreciating fullers more. I started enjoying like my even my Spyderco knives because now I can actually do it on the actual Spyderco knife. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I still have a place for flippers. It's just that a lot of them are also not kind of lefty oriented. It's very rare to see like a left true lefty flipper. So, mm -hmm. um, Axis Camp would be more thumb stud, would be more um, thumb hole style. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I've I've come over to the other side, but flipper I kind of flippers are fun, especially if it's kind of like bearings or something that's super snappy. But yeah, I I kind of like spidey flicking now. 
you you got uh poor rng being left-handed <laughs> yeah at true. birth yeah because i think i think most flippers are liner or frame lock right exactly or yeah. button lock and none of those are truly ambidextrous so true true yeah so at Civivi, there was another knife that I wanted to talk about that also uses this inline flipper, and that's the Ben Peterson Sendy. This one's pretty new, and I actually gave this an award. So if you guys didn't follow us before, every year at SHOT Show and other trade shows I go to, I would like hand out these little awards for what I think are like the best products in their category, and I gave the Ben Peterson designed Civivi Sendi the award for best multi-tool. And that's because it's kind of like a Swiss army knife in a way. It's mm -hmm. this really slim knife, I think designed um, for just like general outdoor use in EDC, but not like super hard use. Mm -hmm. And it has this um, inline flipper. And uh, in the scales, there is a toothpick and tweezers, which is, I think, <laughs> very useful and fun yeah um, and the blade shape on the one that i liked i think it was black g10 uh and uh, like a spay blade so i think that's really cool um that kind of shape it's uh just something i can imagine like you know you're out on the trail and then you're just like making a sandwich or something <laughs> uh just like using a spay blade to like spread something on sandwich you're using the toothpick to like eat a grape i don't know it just seems very pleasant and useful it's really cool i like what they did with it like um it does look like a traditional ish kind of knife but it's a um liner flipper and sorry an inline flipper and i really like that idea of putting stuff in the scales i mean this is not like a usual thing and yeah g10 nitro v i'm looking at it, the specs right now that's pretty interesting mm -hmm. yeah I think well worth the award for best multi-tool. This is, this is kind of unique. Yeah. Fun fact. Well, actually not fun, um, but it was supposed to be called the Civivi Cedar because the G10, the, the patterning of it was supposed to resemble like a cross section of a cedar tree. If you like cut it or like get that oh. kind of wood. Um, and I guess the term cedar has like lots of significance to the designer, Ben. Um, mm -hmm. You know what? I actually asked him if he wants to be on the podcast and he's like super down. So I'm going to save that story yes. for when he's eventually on here and he'll explain it. It'll be super fun. Um, so yeah, that was exciting. I'm I'm looking at another cool thing I noticed on the photos. The G10 is two-tone on one of the photos. Like the mm. backspacer is a different color and the inner the inner G10 is a different color from the outer color, and it's not obvious from the outside. That's pretty neat. Mm. That's a nice little detail. Not yeah, everybody would be, that. not many people would be doing that for a $75 knife. That's pretty cool. Benchmade had this big ass booth uh, with this like big Overlander truck, I believe, and uh, just like a bunch of, it's kind of like a fishing theme sort of <laughs> going on. And that was all to debut their new water series. Mm hmm. And ah, mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, called water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's water resistant be, because it uses MagnaCut. Mm. <laughs> Why are you giggling, bro? Yeah, what, I what's mean, going on? spit it you, out. If you need something to use while you're like near the water, maybe something with like brightly colored handles, maybe. I don't know. Must have got that idea from somewhere. But yeah, tell us about this new um, <clears throat> water MagnaCut line. Yeah. I think it took four or five years of development and they kind of really wanted to get it right. 
and I I thought it looked good. Like it looked well done to me. Um, it's mm. I mean they are gonna be your benchmade prices, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just like get that out of the way. I don't really want that to be a point of discussion, but I know it is for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, we just focus on like what the actual product is. Yeah. Um, they're a bunch of uh, fixed blades. Like fixed blades make more sense um, for outdoor stuff, and I think. You know, even like filleting fish and stuff. You, mm. you, there were some knives that that where that's possible. Uh, of the line, I was mainly only interested in the folders, and that's called the Adira. Mm -hmm. So there's like a full size Adira at 3.88 inches, and then uh, blade length, and then a mini Adira at 3.2 inch blade length. And these are your, you know, usual Benchmade Axis Lock flippers with dual thumb studs. Yeah. Um, they were but chunky boys. CTMA I saw the photos. I saw the photos yeah. of their chunky boys. <laughs> yeah, but you get like good grip, right? Exactly. Um, it's yeah, not yeah. supposed to be like another bug out. It's not supposed to be some ultralight minimal thing. It's yeah. like imagine your hands are wet and like mm. you're. And you if know, you're like you want, you also want that extra dexterity when you're wearing gloves when you're processing yeah, stuff. Also. Yeah, exactly. I also like the colors but, that they chose. Actually, the the blue that they chose was kind of nice. Yeah, it's kind of like I was going to talk about that. Yeah, even even especially in the fixies where it's a single color, it's really nice, nice subtle tealish kind of light blue yeah, powder so blue. They call it depth blue, mm, um, and okay. it really does look like the water, uh, like as with the different depths. They have it on like the front of their catalog. When I oh. took videos, I was using that as the backdrop, and Sick. it kind of like like blended right in. It's depth blue, grivery, and th there's this cool, like, triangular, not triangular, but I guess it is kind of like three lines coming to a point in the center. So it, it's like the inverse of a triangle, I guess. Mm. And it, like, tessellates uh, to make this grip pattern. And it's one that I have not seen before. They look mm. like, like a single wave on the water, th and then, like, three of those rotated like a pinwheel, and then you get, like, this triangle pattern. Sick. Kind of cool. Yeah, nice detail. Yeah, it's yeah. You'll, spoken you'll see it. um, spoken like a true watch nerd who would notice the pattern on the handle of something that they never even intended to yeah. understand. <laughs> I don't know. I I'd be looking for patterns and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. I I mean I mean I'm there. It's hand, you know it's hands cool. on. I'm up yeah. close. I might as well report I mean, on it. I'm right? not saying that as a derogative derogative thing. Okay. I think that's pretty cool that these are the things that. Um, we like these are the things that we nerd out about, like finding small details that make sense and has a story behind it. I mean, I'm all for that. But sure. that that's not the big thing I'm excited about for Benchmade. Tell us about the Balasongs. Let me finish nerding out though. <laughs> uh, speaking of the color, so you have depth blue. What's sure. a great contrast to blue? Orange. That's what the thumb studs are. So I think that looks sick. Oh, that Secondly, is sick. Okay, that's good. I, I believe there's also a cool lanyard that you get, like a paracord lanyard that's um, also orange. But the Benchmade logo that's like on the blade, it's actually white. And I think that is uh, that process where it ends up being white is more corrosion resistant than their standard like uh, laser process. So last detail, want to get that out of the way. Like it's just cool holding knives from Benchmade. Yeah. If you want to use them around water, made of magna cut, so hot right now. I, I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that attention to detail. That's that's kind of like the sort of thing that would push me over if I if I were to um, consider them. Like wow, you're a sucker yeah. then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so what did you want to talk about? Your favorite thing? Yes, battle songs. Tell me about the okay, battle songs. Monetize now. Okay, yes. well, okay, so we're not making money off this video. The B, the B word. Um, there, yeah, there were battle songs. Uh, Benchmades. First battle songs in a while, I believe. It's called yeah. the Necron. Um, the 99 series. 
this is the the Necron. I saw two two bladed versions. Um, they're like scimitar shaped. Uh, one was like I think a burgundy handle, and then the other one was like a jade ghost. Rod, I think Rod G10, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then they also do a trainer, a similar blade shape, but it's all, um, you know, skeletonized. Out. Yeah, skeletonized, yeah. and it results in the weight and balance being identical to the live versions. Yeah. So you can get the trainer, um, practice on that, and then when you transition to the actual bladed live Necron, um, you should be good to go. So I got and some. I'm not a, I've got some yeah, lore. Go I can tell the story about a, b a few of the details of the knife itself. So the last um, Battle of Songs I made was the 80, 80 series. There's, I think there's an 85 and the 87. I have the 85, which is the, there's a normal drop point blade. And then the 87, I believe, is the Tanto. But anyway, mm. that was the last time they made it. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 2021 or 2020 was the last time they made a Battle of Song. But Benchmade, of course, is known for bringing Bella songs into the US. That's why their logo oh, yeah, is, a, yeah. is a butterfly. And the Necron is apparently, my understanding is it's a hint to the fact that they're using the scimitar blade, which was the I, one of the iconic um, blade shapes that Jody Sampson, one of the original grinders in Benchmade, kind of made all of the iconic models of the 40X series. And... Mm. They're bringing they're bringing back the scimitar in honor of that of like of that history of it's one of their earlier precursors to the Weehawk like the longer drop blade ish design, mm -hmm. but yeah so apparently that's my understanding is that's why they named it the Necron because they were bringing back the scimitar blade, which was a Jody Samson special back in the day, so lots of story behind it. It's also um, there's also a lot of they're paying attention to the flipping community. There's a lot of um, details that come with it that are kind of good for the flipping community it's latchless it comes with extenders because flippers like the longer handles for doing like yeah. for certain tricks it's super customizable yeah that comes with it, it's constructed in such a way that you can like yeah tune it for the the level of like tactility and exactly. like sonics and haptics that you prefer yeah so like you can get a different sound or like a different feel out of the flipping experience i didn't yeah. get to change any of that um, mm -hmm. while i was there i Honestly, I, I don't flip enough to like know what to do, um, yeah. but I, you know, I just did like a simple basic open. I, I was yeah. too scared to do a, a like a thumb roller. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know, um, I would have been too. So, yeah. So anything else from Benchmade other than those? Uh, I think those were the two exciting ones. Oh, you, you, you did a video also of the other stuff like the DLC yeah. narrows and. Well, I, I still don't know what the handle is finish is because they took the narrows and they made it black basically i know the blade is dlc mm -hmm. um, but i don't know how they did the handle there was there's also like you know seasonal colors for the mini bug out they revised the benchmade north fork okay and they told me they got rid of the recurve and i'm like yep that makes sense in my head they were showing me so many knives at once and <laughs> i'm not super familiar with their outdoor line um so i was kind of smooth brained at that moment but i like here, here's a mistake I made. Um, it's like literally my it's my job, and I failed to do this. But uh, I said they revised the North Fork by removing the the recurve and the blade and the gut hook, and the North Fork did not have a gut hook. I just like made up. I saw it in a dream. I just made up this wood handled bench made outdoor knife. There is one. There, though. They there is one with a gut hook on the blade, but it's a fixed blade. And then there's one in the back of the handle. 
and that one's called like the grizzly trout or something i forget yeah um yeah. but you know they're all like north fork crooked river grizzly something yeah they're all, they all the, kind of sounded the same to me they all kind of look the same with the same wooden handle also so not not surprised that you yeah. got them mixed up yeah, yeah. So it, it was just a small update. They removed the recurve, so it's just easier for people to resharpen, basically. Mm. Um, cool, cool. We talked about the scimitar valleys. We talked about uh, the narrows. Oh, there was um, uh, gold class immunity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, sorry to the immunity. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the, like, the big reveal is the 710. So they, re- they retroed the 710. That was the knife that um, the Axis Lock debuted on 25 years ago. And this time they like, I don't know if you're like, if people are paying attention, but Benchwing is trying to innovate on the Axis Lock every year. They did it last year, or was it last year? Yeah, with the Narrows, um, because they got a functional Axis Lock in a very thin knife. Um, and it just has like different, uh, like the studs that you kind of engage the lock with. Those were different because it was like flat, just different shape. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bringing some of that to the 710 retro Mm -hmm. but they're changing the 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 way the springs work entirely so they're no longer like uh externally placed omega springs it's like coil springs that are flush inside of the liner and it just looks bigger and i'm not entirely sure how it works because the rep was kind of just showing me like through the the knife and not an exploded view so it's kind of just hard for me to to understand that in the moment um but we'll try to we'll said, try to get that in our hands and figure out how it works yeah so, yep. they said you could just like flip it to your your uh, or flick it open to your heart's content and it shouldn't have any issues so my my understanding from the angles that you took from the video it looked like it was a flatter piece of metal that's wrapped around the circular part of the tang of the blade so rather than it's like like the omega spring is this tiny like Mm-hmm. Um, paper clips thin. Yeah, I was gonna say paper clip. Paper clip it, thin. It, yeah, does piece not of metal. inspire confidence. Yeah. Yeah, and there have been there have been like no, they have been known to break, and people like make a big deal about having to replace them and all that fuss. But now it looks like it's like a flat piece of metal that's like, like super. It looks more like a car spring. Like yeah, you know yeah. how car springs are more like flatter and. I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. I'm not a car brain guy. So, and anyway, yeah, that's what came to mind. But yeah, it's interesting. It's nice to see that they're still innovating on the on the lock, even though they, they don't own the patent anymore. And at least, you know, doing new things and making it sturdier and giving you more value for the knife. That that's And the, the knife itself looks pretty cool. Looks like a precursor to the, um, like, a, like, it looks, it reminds me of the older Benchmade designs. It's kind of like lo- longer and narrower. So that's pretty. Mm. That's pretty cool that they brought it back. It reminds me of the, what was the oh, the classic Benchmade Integral that's like super rare. Um, I know this. I know oh my this. god, Anthem. Anthem! There you go. It, ah, it, yes. Perfect. Yeah, it kind of looks that like that longer blade-ish design. It's pretty sleek. Yeah pretty cool yeah funny thing about the anthem though is like when that came out everyone's like oh it's like so expensive so stupid like i hate this and then now everyone wants one oh man. now that it's gone um anyway so okay we're, we're talking about benchmade i think we're good on benchmade um yeah. you know solid showing from them 
I gave best outdoor gear to their Adira line for the water thing. Yeah, onto the next award. What were you? What what could? Um, what's the next award that you gave out? Um, well, I don't know about like awards that I'm thinking of, but I was kind of my brain was kind of going to some other brands because you were saying like everyone's doing access lock now, mm-hmm. uh, basically the crossbar lock. Yeah. Um, two kind of come to mind. Well, actually three. Um, there I saw some crossbar locks from Hogue. CJRB and actually CRKT. Mm. Quickly at Hogue, there was nothing really new. Hogue is kind of like, you know, darling brand right now. Um, like they kind of always have been, I believe, with like gun people, but with mm. their knives. Um, yeah, Hogue is a good segue. Their knives are popular because of the DECA. The DECA was like this budget way uh, bug out competitor, but giving you access to CPM Magna Cut, which mm-hmm. um, was one of the, I think, the first and like easiest ways to get into Magna Cut and all the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, man, I want to talk about Magna Cut too. They, they had um, this cool like collector series thing. Uh, you can see that on the channel also. But moving on from Hogue, the segue is that they, 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 they collaborate and produce with CRKT, right? So in, in CRKT's Made in USA uh, stuff. So I gave an award to CRKT they're kind of like back-to-back healing it for most innovative knife design. Mm. And it didn't go to Joe Caswell this year, who, by the way, also wants to jump on the podcast. So that will be sick. Um, but Joe was showing me uh, this auto, the Michika. It's, it's this, it's a Phil Booth design. And, you know, he's won awards for like, like Blade Show and whatever for most innovative designs and stuff. So he's already got the track record of like, you know, cooking up some 3000 IQ stuff. But this was a full auto um but it's a it's a scale release auto but the scale release is on the bottom like the butt of the knife the instead of the top where the pivot usually is mm-hmm. like that's usually how scale releases work so you kind of push the scale and then the knife flies out uh that came out and that is also magna cut from what i believe magna cut made in usa produced by hogue for crkt's design uh super cool and then relating that to the axis lock is that I believe it was Ken Onion also had another knife that looks kind of like a stiletto sort of thing with just a crossbar and it swings open. That's the only way it's a manual thing. And I believe that's also Magna Cut. I'm, I mean, as much as it's kind of overset, I'm not going to say oversaturated. I'm really liking the fact that Magna Cut suddenly kind of democratized super high-end steel. Like, it's mm. so accessible now, and it's in so many different functions. Like, there's the water series, there's the salt series, there's the low-end stuff, um, low-end, quote-unquote, from Hogue. And just the fact that just a few years ago, something on the le- not even on the level of MagnaCut was enough to drive up the price of a knife. And now people, it's like, even on the lower-end knives, you're still getting MagnaCut and absolute best-in-class of steel at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a really cool trend. And... You get so much knife out of stuff now. You get so much value out of knives. Yeah. So for our listeners who are not familiar with Magna Cut, can you break down why these people are nerding out about it? So traditionally, you have to make a compromise when it comes to steel, right? There's toughness, there's edge retention, and there's corrosion resistance. Usually, it's a pick two situation. But Magna Cut somehow found a way. Uh, it's made by a knife nerd, actual knife nerd metallurgy nerd doctor dr laren thomas and he somehow found a way to have a knife steel 
that um, in this application still has top tier edge retention while also being the second best corrosion resistant, like near impervious to rust mm. um, levels of corrosion resistance and also be like super tough and be able yeah. to be heat treated to like super high levels. It's it's basically a super steel. There's no nothing else yeah. else, else to call it. It is like it hits all three of those at the highest level if not the if not the highest level then second or third place which is an achievement on its own and usually something like that would drive a knife like double triple digits in the past as it would have like if you had something like S9EV on a on a knife or like yeah 5V or like the higher Vs or like the S110V or like crewware stuff super steels that are premier in one of those three tenets this one somehow does great in all three of them, but still brings the price of the knife down and makes it something for everybody. And I think that's pretty awesome, really. Great trend for 2024, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're kind of not special to have Magna Cut anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's a... You're not special. Like, you're just late. <laughs> you're just late. Yeah. So I'm happy that, you know, it's being adopted. Uh, I, I saw it even, like, in floor one at Best Tech. Bestech has Magna Cut stuff <laughs> now, um, and Bestech yeah. is like a you know Chinese brand. They they do some budget stuff. They also do high high end stuff. Um, I think the OEM for yeah, some was, yeah 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 for sure. Um, so Magna Cut. Yeah, so hot right now. So <laughs> hot right now. But okay, so sidebar. If you're if you're listening to this right, you, like this is your first time hearing Magna Cut uh, or about Magna Cut. Do you need it? For EDC, do you need anything more than a utility blade for EDC? To be honest, I think you don't. But if you're able to get it within your budget in a knife profile that you like, in a knife design that you like, why not? Right? If you can get the absolute best in something that you can actually afford, why not? Right? If you can, yeah. So I would say I don't think you need Magna Cut. Uh, yeah. because uh, knives have been carried and used for years before this thing came out and it doesn't make your other stuff obsolete mm. but if you were in a position to upgrade this is probably future proofing for a good while mm, yeah we haven't or, had like a super significant uh -huh. improvement in knife steel to this level i think in a long time I think. Yeah. And that's why yeah. everyone's talking about it. Everyone's using it. Like Leatherman's using it. Benchmade's <laughs> using it. Sierra is using it. Yeah. Spyderco has been using it. Um, so, oh, yeah. So, best EDC knife. I gave that to the freaking Spyderco Salt Paramilitary 2 Magna Cut. Nice. Like, <laughs> it's not even a new knife. It's not a new knife. Nice. And it kind of is a meme to say the PM2 is mm. like the best EDC knife. But, like, of all the knives that I saw there, it's like, what would I actually probably pay for and, and use? And walk home with? And walk home with, um, and it, I think it would be the Spyderco Paramilitary 2 Salt in Magna Cut with the, the textured G10 handles and the blacked out blade. It's just like the most corrosion resistant, looks cool. I don't like the yellow stuff. Um, it's grippier. It, it, I don't know. I think I was, it's solid. I was going to say that that's a very Mikey knife pick, PM2 in the all black. That's not something yeah. you would have picked. I would have, I would have imagined you would have given it to the Hogue, the, the Misto. Because that seems yeah, like more. But okay, one, it's harder to spidey flick uh, dual thumb studs. True. And then Fair. Two, it's like uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, a collector series knife to most people, um, but I could easily recommend a PM2 and Magna Cut. True, true. 
But even then, not the not PM2 over the Para 3? You would choose the PM2 over the Para 3? I, I, I looked at the Para 3, and I, I don't know if it's because I'm used to the PM2, but the Para, uh, the Para 3 just like felt small, and mm, I don't think it helped that it had yellow FRN handles. I don't like those. I see, I see. Did it, did yeah, it feel I like... like the G10. Did it feel... Oh, okay, so if you're comparing it to the larger PM2 and G10, then the FRN in, in that smaller size would probably have felt significantly like lighter. Like Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. I, dra- yeah, I have the Dragonfly. I have a couple of Dragonflies, and those are, yeah, pretty much toys. They're so small, and they're so lightweight, and I can imagine that like a barely a step up in the Para 3 size would, wouldn't be that much of a weight difference to be substantial in hand. Yeah, okay, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, and other than that, not not too much newness from Spiderco that I saw. I asked the rep because uh, they had this giant catalog, and I'm like, "Yo, yeah. so is anything like brand new?" They're like, "Oh, we didn't announce anything new, but there's some stuff from like I guess November." I was like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> um, yeah, so I gave them that award. Oh, freaking! Uh, uh, I think it was Eric Glesser was Eric Glesser, yeah, um, Sal Glesser's yeah, kid. And yeah, and I uh, I missed him. Oh, what? Didn't you miss him last year too? Well, yeah, because like <laughs> I, I only got to, I swung by Spider-Co like last day. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. And I think he was like at lunch or something. I'm not sure. Um, to, I anyway. mean, that would have been cool because um, if, you, if you watch like any shot show videos of people interviewing Eric, Eric Klesser, he's really, he's, He's so passionate about knives and he's so passionate about Spider-Co. You just kind of get, when he talks, you kind of get, you fall in love with knives all over again mm-hmm. the way he talks about it. I think that's really cool that the head of the company is still passionate about their products and still trying to innovate and still trying to come up with new stuff. And always, like Spider-Co has been doing this for what, 15 years, 20 years already? Every single year they're releasing new stuff. They're producing knives on the scale of that nobody else even comes close to. And I think that's pretty remarkable. And I think, yeah, it's pretty cool that even like it's all still in the family and it's still run by the same family that's been running Spider-Co forever, the Glesser family. So I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. Nice. I like the story of Spider-Co. Yeah. So we saw a lot of cool knives. I didn't see all of them. Um, There were a few knives downstairs from the smaller brands that I think were worth mentioning. So I gave best value award to my favorite budget brand that i saw there cgrb um you know they had uh cool all the pyrites of the pyrites <laughs> all yeah, the pyrites. i really like the pyrite yeah and they're doing the larger warncliffe version or the reverse tonto version and then they're doing a bowie clip point um, i thought those were pretty cool and then next to them was re8 re8 has is that how you pronounce it oh my god <laughs> How do you say it? I say reet. Is it reet? Oh, I'm re- I I don't know. I'm dude, I'm pronouncing everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the guy that was like, you know, get your Nipex pliers. I said your, Nipex to be fair. With your Civivi QiQ <laughs> and then carry it with your Ridge Wale like <laughs> I don't know. Um so, anyway, yeah, I, re-eight, I thought it was re-eight. create without. I thought it was create without the C. So that would I'm, make a lot of sense. Reet, reate. But yeah, they had. Uh, so they have like this popular meme. It's not a meme knife. It is popular though, and it's their like gravity uh, mm. 
you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like of a course. gravity blade. I almost got um, one, yeah. <laughs> I think, what is it called? The EXO? EXO? EXO. The EXO-M, I believe. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they have that mechanism in an aluminum handle in a bajillion colors, but the instead of a blade, the insert is a holder for a utility blade. Yes, totally so. so. I, gave, I gave them, like, I, I love, like, box cutter type stuff just because I personally do a lot of box breaking down things, like when I volunteer and whatever, so mm-hmm. I work with cardboard a lot. Um, and having like a fidgety, cool, well-made box cutter thing is, I think, really cool. Uh, CGRB also had a Kickstarter for a like push-up utility blade multi-tool thing coming out, but there were just prototypes there, and they weren't quite ready and polished to kind of evaluate. But the concept is cool. But I did give the award for like best EDC accessory to the. Exo utility from Re8. Yes, and this is the same reason we like the Exceed Designs Tyrant so much, right? Because yeah. anybody can just pick up any any old hardware store utility blades. So if you could find a way to make it cool and make it interesting to an EDC person, or like to a, even to a knife collector, make it, give it a cool mechanism, give it cool steel, or put it in the neat handle. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm I am picking up definitely the Exo utility. Yeah, I think that will be very popular. Um, so that one was cool. A few other shout-outs uh, of the smaller brands I saw downstairs. Um, there's this brand that caught my eye because their tagline is Elevated Everyday Carry. I was like, that sounds interesting. It's uh, <laughs> Ocaso Knives. Ocaso Knives is based out of California, and it's from a former like, kind of exec at Cold Steel. Um, mm. And then he started his own brand, uh, it's like a family brand and he has stable of designers and they do like gents knives in more premium materials. They look kind of like the, like say CRKT CEO, like that very popular, like slim, classy, elegant design. Nice. Um, but in at least S35 VN and then different handle materials, titanium, that kind of stuff, liner locks. And yeah, it's, it's more for like the discerning gent kind of thing. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I, I like how most of shot shows kind of like, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm in my watch brain right now, but they're like tool watches, right? They're mm. like tool knives, users, like that kind of stuff. And then you have more of like a dress knife. I think that's kind of a cool offering, especially to be seen at shot show because that's not really that crowd. Right. Um, so that was just like interesting to see. So I'll try to get uh, hands on with that stuff. Um, I think it's interesting. They have this desk knife too. That's, it's like two identical chisel ground blades in half that are held together by a magnet. So oh, when you sick. put them together, it's one bl- one blade, right? Nice. But then you can like uh, push on them almost like scissors so that they split and then you can pull them apart and then re-click them and it's kind of like a fidget toy at your desk. But it's nice. a layer opener. Yeah, so that was could- cool. It's nice to see more gents knives back. Um, remember, I know you were a big Almar fan back oh, in the day. Oh, dude, I saw Almar, but yeah, they were there. They, they're not. Yeah, of course they're there, um, but they're not really like innovating to a, a space to a, a place that I think modern EDCers would be super interested. It's like right. you kind of have to be a fan of the brand because. Um, like they're not ultralight series, but I think it's called like Slimline or something. 
that is the classic Almar kind of shape. Yeah. But in more premium materials, but they're like not on the level of what most of the forerunners are doing here. Yeah. It's yeah, like I was saying, I it would be nice to see that again, like more premium gents knives. Cause there 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 are some out there, like GEC, Great Eastern Cutlery are doing some super mm-hmm. primo stuff. But not like I haven't seen like an actual something that looks like your grandfather's knife, but then in, in like Magna Cut and like yeah. super rare wood or or bone or something like super exotic. I haven't maybe I'm not in that like slice of, of super premium traditional EDC knives, but it would be nice to see more of those. So like that's that's an interesting thing that they're doing then if if that's a track they're on. I wish I just had like multiple clones of me or you there to like look for <laughs> stuff like that because there was just like so much to we'll see do it. one last we'll do it. yeah one last other thing i saw downstairs um was this uh it's like moraniv right um mm. we know moraniv it's like you buy one of their fixed blades like the small one it's like cheap works well it's like you know perfect mm. um there is i guess a sister brand to it uco i don't remember what it stands for but they they made like this approachable, friendly-looking camp knife type mm. stuff that were similar to like Swiss Army knives, um, something you could like hand to a kid, and you know that would be like, oh, my first like boy, Boy Scouts knife. What's is up? it UCO the one that makes a stormproof matches? Aren't they? The, yeah, they, it... they 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 make that kind of stuff as well. Right. Um, okay. But okay, they had yeah. knives there. Yeah. Cool. So I was cool. Looking at the knives, nice. and they had uh, like one that's like a slip joint. It's like you know double hand open uh manual open but then you press a button on the pivot and it locks the slip joint i'm like is that does that count as a slip joint is that legal um, <laughs> yeah i don't know so th- that was interesting to me um i i'm gonna hit them up and then learn more mm. about that and if you guys are interested you know let us know in the comments and uh because i i just appreciate the idea of making um knives that are more approachable and usable by more people in more situations and kind mm. of removes the stigma from knife uh, from knives that you might get from like 99% of the rest of the offerings at a place like shot show. Right. Mm. So um, just like from a optics perspective, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, but I think it was only like D2 blade steel, but whatever, like D2 is great. Right. Yeah. So, like, Absolutely. Um, so I think that's, plenty on knives knives. (laughs) i did see a few other flashlights and i'm gonna just say that the trend for 2024 in flashlights is square okay you thought you thought cylinders were cool (laughs) nah bro let me show you this rectangular flashlight like we don't we, we want corners now I don't know what it is, but like every flashlight I saw was no longer a, cil- a cylinder. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I-, I don't know what they're doing there. Um, except for, well, actually, that's not true. I gave the best uh, flashlight award to the Nikkor EBC 35 just because it has like so much tech. And mm. um, so you got to see the lumen but, shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so to be fair, some of it is marketing, like, like, or the way that they're presenting it. It's like, that's just a very high powered momentary on, I believe. True. Um, the, the thing is though, like if you're a flashlight nerd, n- the night core is not going to be the best EDC flashlight to you. But I think for the general person, especially at shot show, which is like more tactical leaning, mm. like that would probably cover your bases, yeah. um, something from night core, but something that would make people 
not interested right off the bat if you're a flash eye enthusiast is like an integrated proprietary battery that's not mm. user replaceable right right, right. i'm kind of 50 i've i've been thinking about that because i do have the the 33 which is the smaller size yeah, with 18650 i have been thinking about that a lot about what my use case and i think that for the use that it promotes i think it's all right I, I understand the fact that it's mm -hmm. non replaceable. It makes it kind of like a. It has a lifespan. It like it like all of our lithium ion devices. It's gonna yeah. have a lifespan, but I think it's all right. I think it's all right. To me, I think the irony is the people, the type of people that would complain about an integrated non replaceable lithium ion battery that will go obsolete in a few years. Those are the people that have 12 lights on rotation anyway. <laughs> and they're going to buy, they will definitely buy a new light before the, the EDC 35 battery dies on them. And hey, look, we don't give crap to um, people, to, to people, to brands like Rovivon, who have been making awesome keychain flashlights for years now with integrated mm -hmm. batteries. We don't give crap to like, um, any number of like flashlight makers who have done this before. I think it's just because we have an association with Nightcore of not doing this before. This may be something new they're doing. They're there may be some good reasons why they're doing it. That one of them could be space savings. It may be minuscule, but there may may have been a reasoning behind space savings in the flashlight to make it sm smaller. Um, and that that just made sense for them. I don't know. I think it's yeah. I think it's not too much of a big deal personally. Just add it to your rotation of other flashlights, bro. I think just have this yeah, one I, this one flashlight. Give it a pass. Just add it to the rest of your ones that you can replace the battery yeah, with. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about like battery technology and that kind of electrical engineering. I mean, it's like I can't replace my MacBook battery or my mm. iPhone battery that way. Or your right? AirPods, which I, you're maybe, replacing maybe four years. Like you, yeah, <laughs> you just like have to 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 make an integrated battery for the rest of your circuitry to work the way you want to to I don't yeah. know. Anyway, yeah. that wasn't the point. The point was <laughs> cylinders aside from that light are out. Nobody mm. wants those. Um I think we this is a trend that I'm seeing, okay? Um and I think it's just funny. I don't know why, but like it started with the Surefire Stiletto as yeah. far as I can tell. So kind of ahead of the game. Surefire did have a new Stiletto but it was not interesting enough for me to like really look too much closer because it looks like yeah. there are other two stilettos. Yeah. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say rectangle, uh, some examples and we'll it's a show remote. This on the screen. It's a remote. Yeah. It looks like a remote. It's, it's like a it's like a candy bar kind of shape. Yeah. Um, and yeah, even like my my Apple TV remote, <laughs> like that could be like a, an Olight Arkfeld Slim or something. Also, so, the Streamlight Wedge, which came out a few years ago, that's a yes. fantastic light. Which also has a built-in lithium-ion battery, which is also, sure. I mean, it's fine. So, sure. yeah, it's all cool. Uh, speaking of the Streamlight Wedge, there's the Streamlight Wedge XT. That yes. came out, which is smaller. Um, and the switch is moved from a side switch to, to a rear switch. Yeah, rear cookie. And it has a lower low and a lower max. Uh, but to me, it's more suitable for everyday carry because the minimum is not 300 lumens and mm -hmm. it's just smaller and you can like overhand ice pick grip it because it's shorter. Yeah. The original wedge is like a little bit long, so you're kind of forced to use it in an underhand 
style and that mm-hmm. just might not be the most ergonomic for whatever your lighting situation is yeah so so okay so we've seen the surefire stiletto streamlight wedge um x and wedge xt olight arcfeld pro i saw that at the booth coast coast layer pro coast layer pro is there that has a dual led output that you can choose basically the focus one is a little bit more spot and one is a little bit more flood and coast is you know we we kind of expect this from coast they've done a lot of zoomable lights mm. um but they're not doing you know things like lep where it's just like a very focused mm, uh, mm. far-reaching thing but uh ace beam mm. i saw ace beam and they have like this the m2 terminator <laughs> freaking insane yeah um that thing is an lep and uh high-powered led in this like squarish chonker shape yeah um, the the we featured the m1 on the side and it was super popular like mm-hmm. we got so many hits on that weird looking cigar cigarette box looking thing. yeah <laughs> i feel like that's more of like out of curiosity like what yeah. even is this right, than, like, right i will carry this yeah and yeah. i still think that that's true for for things like the the m2 terminator mm. like Man, even the name is just like I should not be allowed. Like someone like me, I'm not responsible enough to own one of those. Okay, okay, I need to run it back and like throw in some old school cred here. One of the first peop- one of the first brands that did the squarish light was Cool Spy, which is kind of like what the Terminators remind me of. Like they're larger. Ex- oh, cool! Isn't it Cool Fall? Cool Fall. Sorry, Cool Fall. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the Terminators kind of remind me of like a really fat version of the old Cool Fall spy flashlights spy, yeah yeah those are like three thousand to five thousand dollars just for people who are interested don't look it up but yeah um square flashlights are back i guess <laughs> dude there are more there are more roby von's <laughs> doing their angel eye series mm-hmm. uh i think it was like the e5 or something similar yeah they're they're coming out with a new pro version that has side lights on it so it's just like damn these things are getting more leds on them mm. more leps on them more rgb emitters on them yeah uh and they're just getting less and less circular Great. so the future so is that's rectangle the, that's the meta yes the future of flashlights is rectangle corners and edges let's go yeah i think that's like pretty much not not everything at the show, obviously, yeah, of course, yeah. but it's everything that I can I saw and can remember in th- this past hour uh, of us talking. Last thing, did you get to see any bags at all? I saw a bunch of bags on people, but I didn't get to look at too many bag booths, and I think it's because like a lot of the bag ones are in the flanking rooms or like in a oh, different building altogether, okay. so it's like very hard to get to, and a lot of them are. They're not strictly EDC. They're more of the tactical outdoor hunting yes, ones. Right? Ta- yes. So it's going to be like, if if you're okay with EDCing something with Molly all over it, then like, yeah, the, the, yeah, then these, these are bags for you. But I think most people would probably not want to do that. Right. Uh, like myself included. Um, it, it, it can't be. Definitely I, I not a Bernard. Person. <laughs> definitely on a right. bernard aesthetic like i i put molly on like you know the the collaboration bags that i've done but they're yeah. so small and it's just like you know a taste of tactical just like the idea mm. design inspiration but it's not like meant to be full-on like i'm i'm operating right now right right that. right yeah i guess uh you know i did see a lot of people with like their cool bags and whatever and i think one last thing i want to say uh, that i thought of during this trip 
was that I saw so many people, right? I talked to so many people and I saw a lot of them carrying cool gear. And this year, I don't know, something in me changed, but I was like, I'm going to compliment people when I see cool gear. Mm. Because I don't think enough people, especially if you're into EDC, I don't think enough people recognize and compliment and appreciate other gearheads out in the wild. I think that is a very, very nice. cool practice that we should do because there are dozens of us. I went to a trade show and there were at least a dozen of us there, yeah. right? Who are enjoying our gear. And like I saw someone at the airport and uh, clipped to their pocket was a Ridge Wallet AirTag attachment and they're using it as a pocket clip <laughs> to, to keep their Ridge Wallet on them. So it's like, it's, it's clipped to their pocket and it's AirTag tracked, right? So Dang. I came out to this dude. I'm like, yo, is that a Ridge Wallet? That's, that's dope. Like, I've never thought of doing that. Um, so I gave him a compliment. Um, I've seen people with, like, cool watches on. Uh, the guy who's showing me stuff at Benchmade, he was wearing this really small vintage watch. It was like a Bulova. And I asked him about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't really know anything about it. But it doesn't run. It was my grandpa's. He gave it to me. I felt kind of self-conscious about wearing a small, like, old watch to the show because I know everyone here and everyone does have, like, Rolexes and stuff there or just, like, a giant Pro Trek or something. Hmm. Um, but and, Or Apple Watch. Uh, but this guy had, like, one, one of the coolest watches I saw there mm. uh, because it has story, it has character, and he was kind of, like, kind of shy to, to wear it. But then, you know, it's like, dude, Rock that's it. sick. Like, you should do, yes. Um, we, were, so, we were talking about this in the last episode. Like, our gear is also a representation of how we want to present ourselves. And it's nice to hear, right? Like, if somebody mm-hmm. comes up to you and tells you your watch is cool, of course it's going to make you feel great for the rest of the day. Somebody says you have a good taste in flashlights, if a good taste in knives, if, you, if your bag is red. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that? That's like, let's make everybody else feel good. Like, that's, that's really cool. I think I, that's great. That yeah, you did totally. That. Yeah. And, and I, I've been trying to do that more often just in, in life in general. Like uh, back here at home, I went to a coffee shop and uh, I saw a guy come in and he had uh, a cool backpack. It was some kind of um, X-Pack backpack. I'm forgetting the name. I think it was maybe it was Mission Workshop or something. Mm. And then he had like a in, a free write, which is like an e-ink. Um, One of your like toys. Typewriter thing. Yeah, it's like. Dude, I'm like this dude likes gear. He and then he was wearing uh he's wearing a Hamilton khaki. Nice. Um, and it's like, yeah, like this dude must like gear. So I just struck up a conversation and we just nerded out a little bit about like e-ink devices, EDC bags, watches, that kind of stuff. And then I let him go on about his day. Like I didn't make it weird, but it's just like. Yeah. You know, just give give somebody a chance to nerd out about something. Like, have your own little mini carried away episode in your daily life, and just spread the good vibes and appreciate your gear. I think that's a great I way think to the world close can it. Use more of that. That's a great way to close it. Perfect. Yeah. That just about wraps it up for today's episode. So, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and recap of my experience at Shot Show. And if you did please consider subscribing. If you're a podcast listener, sorry, if you're listening through a podcast service and you really enjoy what we do here, please consider leaving a review and a positive rating as it really helps the podcast. You can follow us on social media for more content daily on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and all of that will be linked below. 
And if you want to be part of our EDC community, feel free to hop into our Facebook group or Discord server for more real-time discussion with other EDCers. Lastly, if you have any feedback for us or questions you want answered on the show, you can shoot us an email at podcast at everydaycarry.com. Thank you for listening to Carry the Way. I'm Bernard. And I'm Mikey. And you, you out there, your gear is cool. Show it off. Let's have a conversation. I'll tell you how your cool it is. Your gear is cool. All right. Peace. Peace.